Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. This evening, my co-host is Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, are you there? I see him in the queue. I am having some issues bringing him on. Uh, Jeremy, try calling back. Um, For some reason, we're having a bad connection with Jeremy. So, hey, everybody, thank you all for tuning in this Sunday evening. We are excited to have you here with us. If you're not familiar with our show, we are here to uh, offer some insight and hope to those living with HIV. We have um, different guests come on and share personal stories, sharing their lives and how they have um, gone through their diagnosis and and what they are doing now to live a more fulfilled life and and to help others. So, um, Jeremy, uh, are you there? Hey, I'm here, and you must have hung up on me earlier. I apologize. I was trying to bring you on, but we were having some issues for some reason. It kept yeah, timing out. On so me. anyway. I see how it is. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you? Welcome home. I'm tired. <laughs> I don't know how people travel all the time. Right? Could you imagine? Oh, I mean, I've been gone for a week, and I'm just exhausted. Exhausted. So you're going to have to be entertaining because, you know, I don't want to fall asleep on the air. Yeah, you got it. You got it. So, so, okay. so how was your vacation? It was fun. It was good. I got to see um, the family and all of that stuff, you know, did all that stuff, saw the grandmother and and, and everything, and she liked that and, you know, made made the old lady happy. So Right, right. And you went, where, where did you go, Arizona, you said? We went to California and Arizona. Oh, cool. So, yeah. I mean, I, or anything? Um, I took Mark around a little bit and showed him kind of where I grew up, my my elementary school and the high school where you know I went to high school and and everybody else in my entire family basically went to high school and and all that jazz. So, and then we went to Arizona. We went to Tombstone. Cool. And you're like, yeah, whatever. That's cool. <laughs> No, went to Tombstone, and 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 I'm, you know, you do it once and maybe stay ten minutes and you're done. Right, all that hype. <laughs> ten minutes. Exactly, stay ten minutes and you're all done. Exactly. Yeah, it's, like, it's like walking up the Statue of Liberty. You spend all that time walking up all those steps, and you get up there, and you're up there for like ten seconds, and you're going. Back exactly, up. and you're like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, eh, did it. <laughs> Well, that's good. Well, I'm glad but, we had a uh, good time. Yeah, we both had a good time. We're just glad to be home, you know, and and it's it's just... There's <sighs> no place like home. The, the, you know, Dorothy had it right. <laughs> I got to tell you, <laughs> there is no place like home. The, absolutely. she That that girl was smart. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. was a smart cookie, that one. But... Uh, <laughs> But no, and so Mark has the day off tomorrow, so I'm going to make him do, you know, the laundry and dishes and clean the floors and wash and and, and wash the um, the windows and, and, you know, while I'm out at the office slaving away. <laughs> Is that why you're working? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, but, I'm, but because Mark isn't going in, since he has the day off tomorrow, I get to sleep in an extra whole hour. I'm very excited about uh, that. Yeah. You should be. Yes, that's thrilling. You lost three hours today. <laughs> oh, golly. Boy, did I. They're the worst. They're the worst. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's the worst is, is flying from... Um, uh, was from from here from the east coast all the way up to the west coast. That's the toughest. But uh, Monday we we Did flew out. Non-stop? And, 
No. Oh, gosh, no. Um, we flew Monday. We flew from Charlotte to Chicago, and we left here Monday morning. And it was we our flight was at six o'clock Eastern time, and it was about fifty degrees. And because of the size of the aircraft that we were on, um, it, we had and we didn't check bags because you know God, I'm, I was changing eight. I had eight different airplanes that I hit so right. i i carried everything on and we were on these canada um canada air regional jets so they're they're small they i think they carry 66 people or something like that they're they're not big airplanes right so you have to check your bag at the gate and they'll throw it on and then they pull it off and you pick it up at the gate yeah well in chicago it was 21 freaking degrees 21 in wow. chicago and so we're all standing. I didn't wear a coat. Why would I wear a coat? That would make sense. So Mark and I are standing there on the jetway along with like 45 other people, and we're looking at each other. You know, you could see this the breath, and it freezes in front of you, and we're just dying. It, it is so cold. And then, and then we had like 10 minutes to get to our next flight. But oh. Were you the only ones without a coat? No. Oh, no. No, there were there were a few of us without coats on. <laughs> yeah, because we're 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 smart like that. Yeah, when I um, went to the conference and traveled out of uh, Charlotte, that was like the first experience where I actually walked up to the airplane and got into it. Oh yeah, and I was like, yeah. this is kind of weird. I never did this before. <laughs> <laughs> you actually walk out there, yeah. Yeah, walk out. Like, I'm on the way. Exactly. So enough about me. Who the hell do we have on tonight? <laughs> tonight we have on, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, fellow advocate Anthony Johnson, who is a 16-year survivor of HIV, and he is uh, the creator and organizer of a social group called BOLT, which stands for Bringing Our Lives Together, B-O-L-T. Um, and he's going to come on and share his story. Actually, I met him, I think, twice, I believe, um, in Florida, once in Fort Lauderdale at the ADAP Crisis Summit that we had, and then again in Fort, I think he was at Fort Walton Beach. I was, yeah, sure he was there. Um, I get so confused, and with me being sick, it ain't helping. Um, and, you know, he he's a great guy, and he's just somebody who does really active. He does a lot of social things. He has, uh-huh. um, like, events, like when I was down there for the Fort Walton, no, not the Fort Walton, the, the one in Fort Lauderdale, they had the spaghetti dinner. Oh, so, okay. Um, you know, where they had the guys come, and they, they, I don't know exactly what it's all about. When he comes on, he'll tell us about it. But whatever it was, it was a spaghetti dinner, and I was invited to, and I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was mad. But I, I got you to meet him, you know food. what I mean? I missed out on the food. Um, but, you know, it was interesting. I know he works very closely with um, – uh, he's very in- involved in the ADAP going on down in Florida and all the different things. So he's going to come on and talk about – um, you know, that stuff, and, of course, you know, how he was diagnosed and then his process and, you know, his journey to where he is and how he found both. Uh-huh. So he should be, um, I'll be calling in probably in a few minutes, but I myself have been sick, so um, if you can hear it in my voice, I obviously am still kind of congested. It's been about a week, and I am loving Theraflu. Oh, Theraflu but, is wonderful, isn't it? Oh, my I'm loving it. God, I love that they tell you you have to down it in like 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> While hot, 10 to 15 minutes, you must drink it. <laughs> exactly. And I can. I can. I just down that whole thing, and then and then I go take some NyQuil, and then I'm, then I'm done. Done for the night. Oh, did I, did I tell you I, I went and I was in the audience in, on The View? You did. Did I? I don't know if I should. Did I share it with everyone? I don't know, but I don't want to see the view. was fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> did you Did you see fabulous. Whoopi Goldberg and go, yay, Whoopi? Yes, I saw Whoopi and, 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 and Sherry and Joy, and Barbara wasn't there, but that was kind of a blessing in disguise. Anyway, we have our guest on <laughs> the line. <laughs> but no, it was a good time. It was a good time. Joe uh, got to talk to Whoopi and answer a question and gave her his book. So it was really cool. It was really cool. Um, let's see. Uh, help me welcome our guest. Anthony Johnson. Anthony, are you with us? Welcome, Anthony. Yay. I wish I had a sound effect. Hey there. Hey there. How are you guys? (laughs) Good. How are you? 
I'm doing well. A little tired, but doing well. A little tired. Jeremy <laughs> yeah, has your beat. I've been blogging about. I've been blogging about the schoolwork, honey. I got a lot of schoolwork. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's talk tired. All right. <laughs> I just flew three thousand miles to be on this phone call. Oh, wow. it's messy. I, I I know it, it it really is. You should be pla- you should be pleased that I'm here. I'll I'll bake you a cake. Oh, would you chocolate double chocolate with fudge and mousse? Sure, no problem. Okay, and rainbow jimmies. <laughs> so, Anthony, how the hell are you? I'm well. I'm doing really well, really well. Good, good. So, so why are you here? Tell us about you. Um, I'm here to discuss a little bit about uh, the the activities I do in the community and hopefully will help um, kind of get some fire under some butts. Ooh, fire under butts. We like lighting those fires. So, so Anthony, give us a kind of a a synopsis of um, your beginnings. Uh, Well, I was diagnosed in 1995. Um, When I first diagnosed, it was a month after my 25th birthday. And I was grateful my sister was there at the time when I was diagnosed. Um, otherwise, I probably would have stepped out in front of the city bus. Um, I went to my stepmother, who was my best friend. She's very supportive. But when I called Anthony, my mother, you're coming in a little um, bit muffled. Um, do you have headphones on? I'm, I'm sorry? Can you just use the phone? Is that possible? I'm, I don't have a house phone. I have just myself. Okay. okay, that's fine, as long as I can hear you. Yeah, you were just fading. You were kind of rumbling in, and I wanted to make sure people could hear you. Okay, I apologize. I apologize. Um, but no, I called my, my mother and she. I called my mother and she um, sort of just hung up the phone on me. Didn't want anything to do with me. So I, I stumbled for many years because of not knowing where I belonged and dealing with this this new problem in my life. <laughs> and uh, I went through a period that I didn't know who to talk to, and I was very open at that time with my status, and I was too open with it, and I, I told my employer, and my employer fired me. I went home to where I lived, and I was kicked out of my house because I was positive. So I ended up on the streets from that. So how old were you stumbled. at this time? I was 25. 25, okay. So you were yeah, you got kicked out of your house, you said? And, and you yeah, got actually, fired? I, my, my landlord was actually one of my co-workers, so when I told my boss, and she decided she wanted to tell everyone else, so she fired me, and then I went home, and the landlady kicked me out. Literally, sitting on the front steps with my bags, telling me that no quote unquote age tag was going to live there. Um, oh. So I ended up on the street for about six months, just trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> wow, it was interesting. Wow. But, but luckily, oh, I, yeah, yeah. But luckily, I did. I did uh, connect with some people through an agency, an organization in Tampa, St. Peter area. And they um, they really helped me through the process of, of being positive, I guess, at the beginning, which really helped. Now, what made you be so open about it? Because, so, you know, some people, when they're diagnosed, they kind of not tell anybody. And, you know, you kind of told your employer, you know, and obviously, you know, you said you told your, you were kicked out, so they told that, your landlord as well. What made you be so right. open about it? I've been pretty open about everything in my life. Um, I... I just feel that the more open you are, the less likely you are to be, um, you know, surprised by something later on or have something used against you. I don't know. It's just I just always felt being open was a better policy. So I've always been kind of that way. Sometimes to my detriment, as as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> so did you tell your um, – how fast did you tell your – you said you, t- you told your family right away? I told my mother, um, I called my mother on the phone, and she, she said, well, what the hell do you want me to do about it, and hung up. And for many, many years, I tried, um, I sent her information, tried calling her, trying to get back into her graces. Um, but she died in 1997, and I found out in 98. But during that whole time, I had tried and tried and tried to um, get back into her good graces, and it didn't happen. So. Now, what made you get tested? Was it something that you... Uh, was it a random test that you, you know, or like one of your usual, just every once in a while you get a test? or? Was no, I was seeing for someone it? at the time. Yeah, I was seeing someone at the time, and someone else told him that I was positive, which I didn't, couldn't have been the case because I had not been tested, so I didn't know. 
So I, in order to make him feel better, I went to the health department and got tested. Um, and, you know, when I told him, of course, he said thank you and, and never called me back. But that, that, that's, not, not, that's, not, that's not a problem. I understand. I understand where it's coming from. Right. So, <laughs> what did you, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to ask, um, what, what did you do then in terms of finding support? Did you have any kind of, like, support system at that time? Everybody seems to be turning their doors, you know, shutting their doors on no. you. Was there somewhere where you reached out and found support? Well, for, at that time frame, I, was, I, I did. I found the support through the AIDS Community Project of Santa Bay, um, which was a really great resource for me and allowed me to spend my time volunteering there and helping out. And I met a friend, Terry, um, who allowed me to stay on his sofa. And um, and I was going to be the... the I was supposed to stay at a place called Hope's Home, which was for people who were, were um, basically living on the streets that were thrown out of their houses because of their status. Um, when they tried to open up Hope's Home, uh, the neighborhood kind of destroyed the house. <laughs> they didn't want us living in the neighborhood, so that ended up not happening. But I still had the support from the, the community um, that I was with, and they were very helpful um, in keeping me off the street and keeping me on the uh, straight and narrow, in a sense. So did you um, have that kind of temptation just to say, you know, screw it all at that point? As far as just to, to give up? Yeah, just to say, you know what, since nobody else wants me, and then... Not at, not at that time, no. I'm, I've been uh-huh. a survivor all my life. I, I grew up in a very um, abusive household. My father was um, uh, an alcoholic, was very abusive, both physically and sexually abusive, um, and abused my mother and all of my siblings. And when my mother left my dad, she became emotionally abusive. Um, mm-hmm. She became very depressed, and, and long story short, she... she she was kind of on a bad path herself. So I was a survivor. No matter what, I'm going to survive. And that's what I did. You know, when I lived on the streets for six months, I survived. I got off the streets because I needed to get off the streets. I needed to survive. But then it comes to when I did not... Well, I did at one point not too long ago um, have that thought of getting up. But mm-hmm. we'll get to that later, I think. <laughs> I, I um, about six years ago, I I got really really ill, uh-huh. and developed Kaposi sarcoma externally, and I have scars all over from that. Um, and I also had the MERS on my my ankle, which tore up my foot, and I had side effects medication all at one time, and it kind of knocked me down. I ended up uh-huh. uh, wasting away. Got down to about 125 pounds, and my T-cell count was at 125. Viral loads were in the million, um, and I woke up one Christmas morning with the thought of just pulling a knife across my, my wrist, and that mm. scared me. I'm not I'm not the type of person you even consider that, and it just scared the hell out of me. So I, I sought help. So were you not on medication at that point? I was on medication. I was actually on um, medication through ADAP. I okay. was receiving services through an agency here, um, uh-huh. and... I'm not going to criticize all the doctors because some of the doctors are fantastic that you will work through these agencies. But the doctor I had wasn't very good at listening to mm-hmm. me. And when I would tell him that something was wrong, he kept telling me that it was mental, it was emotional. However, it wasn't. It was like that too. It was the Steva and it was the KS and it was the MRSA. <laughs> so it ended up being very physical. You know, so, but I was dealing with the ADAP. The ADAP would not pay for any other medications at the time except for you know, very basic meds. Mm-hmm. So you weren't on any um, any peripheral medications. You were just strictly on the HIV treatment. Just the treatment, HIV treatment. Just the treatment, okay. okay. I didn't get treatment for the chaos because I ended up in the hospital for MRSA at the same time, and they treated that. And somehow that actually had an effect on the chaos, and so there's some cells. I was lucky, very lucky. Wow. 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 That's, that's incredible. You're up, Robert. So you you are just <laughs> celebrating now, you know, 16 years of, um, you know, living with HIV. Tell me 
you know, and the two-year anniversary of your organization. Tell me a little bit about, um, you know, how you got involved with, you know, creating Bolt and, you know, what that has kind of, you know, done for you and changed in your life. Well, I, after dealing with these, these health issues and, and feeling so depressed, I wanted to, to do something um, like to take my life. Um, I was also in a relationship that was kind of um, toxic, and I, was, I didn't have that support. I didn't have that, that, that connection with the community. So I went searching. I called everything and anything to think of, you know, 411. I even had myself Bakerized to the hospital um, so they could at least listen to me and try to get, so I could try to get some help. I actually called the police and said, you need to do something to me. Um, so they took me to the hospital. But shortly after that, I got a hold of this organization that's here in Fort Lauderdale called um, the Palace Project. And they offered two different programs for HIV-positive gay and bi men. One called Choices and one called the Life Program. I went through a Choices Program, literally dragging myself through it, um, which is a five-week program, and met these guys in there that were dealing with similar situations, similar issues, and found my place in the world. Um, and I wanted more. So they talked to me about the Life Program, which is a 15-week program of um, it's fantastic. The life program is learning immune function enhancement and is a self, uh, self-management and health enhancement program that focuses on different things like the bi- biological, the psychological, and social factors. And I got a lot out of that. I put myself into it and took so much out of it. But then on top of just learning how to breathe properly, eat properly, how to, um, to, to do the self-reflection that I needed to do, I also met some wonderful people. I met people in the community that needed some place to go other than the bars, a place to go other than the place than where they didn't have to worry about disclosure. They didn't have to worry about being ostracized and criticized. So right. I, I decided I wanted to do something. And I ran into someone at Fusion in what matters, which is a little shopping center. And they suggested coming to their leadership, which I did. And... You know, I came across and said, you know, I want to do something. What can I do? And I said, well, whatever you want to do, work, you know, stand behind you. And I started Bolt. It's just, it's just grown from there. I started from having two people, I'm sorry, 10 people to um, anywhere from 30 to 50 people per group now. Right, because I remember when I was um, at the Fort Lauderdale uh, ADAP crisis um, that there was a spaghetti dinner that I missed. <laughs> Yeah, um, actually, what, what, go, what, what goes on at these spaghetti dinners? Well, it's, it's different each month. We do one, both runs on the last Friday of every month from 6 to 9. And what, what is it? It's an HIV-centric but open social group, meaning that it's for HIV-positive game by men. That's originally what it was created for. However, it's open to anyone that wants to participate, no matter if you're gay, straight, bi, white, black, male, female, whatever. It doesn't matter um, because right. that, my whole thing is about... Um, the inclusion. I want everyone to feel comfortable with everyone and to appreciate that with everyone. Um, so it's different. Like this month is a potluck. And normally that's what I do with a potluck. But last month, in fact, we had Nelson Virgil speak because it was a two-year anniversary. You know, so it made a change. It's according to each month and what's going on in the community at the time as well. So. But I mean, the main, wow. main point of it is to get people out of the house in a safe environment where they can feel part of the community. No, I totally hear you. I think, you know, it's important. So it's, it's, it's a little bit more than just like a support group, you know what I mean? It's more of like you said, like a social group where you're actually getting out and doing things and you're not just sitting there just kind of, you know, venting on each other and letting right. out information. You're also participating right. in things. Right, yeah. I mean, it's, it, you're getting that support, and I think that's the thing is you're tra- learning how to, have fun while getting the support. The support doesn't have to be standing in a closed four-walled room bitching and complaining. And I apologize for anyone that has those groups. They are fine. They do great things. But I see it as a different thing. I see see socializing as a more enjoyable way of getting the support. And more people are likely to do that. You know, I'll, I'll have people calling me up to come to my group because they know if there's something going on that's might be more enjoyable, might be more fun to do. And, and, you know, I think you're you're saying it right there, right? It's it's not just that. It's all about building that support network. 
It's it whether you know it's it's these these functions, these social functions that you you can bond with with people in a group and one on one. Right. Um, you know, some have, you know, really supportive families that are part of their network. Some, some don't. Right. Some have really great friends that they can, del- that they rely on. Some don't. Right. And, and I right. think your organization, Bolt, provides that opportunity and that provides an availability for people who, who don't have other avenues of support networks or they are looking to augment the support network they already have. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, I, and it, it, whenever I get new people to come in there, one thing is when I start the groups, I'm a behind-the-scenes person. I come in, I organize, I get things together, and then I just watch as things happen. I don't mm-hmm. facilitate. I don't like. This, I don't use the word, the word facilitator because I don't facilitate anything. I just organize it and sit back right. and watch. And I sat back and cried because it was amazing to see people that were feeling so alone and so afraid of coming out of their house, there, connecting with other people, sharing their life with other people, and finding that support. Now, that, to me, is an amazing thing. Just amazing. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have the doctors, we have um, these other agencies that are focused on the physical well-being of the HIV-positive person. Um, but I don't know if they're really focusing on that emotional support that, you know, you're, if you're happy, you are going to be healthy. You're sharing in life with everybody else. You're going to be healthy, but when you're um, reclusive and you don't have that connect connection, you know, you're not you're not, you're not very healthy. <laughs> so I'm sorry, well, I'm tired. Not long. I'm rambling. <laughs> uh, no, so it's it really is about you know because I think with a support network, you start learning mm-hmm. how to be a healthier person. Yes, don't you think? Because I think, in in now again, Bolt stands for bringing our lives together. Is that right? Bringing our bringing our lives together. Actually, that came from I went through the life program, and one of the ways that they um, they had the individuals that were new for these groups because these group they do it. I think it's twice a year. Um, when someone comes into the group, the first meeting they give you an envelope. You open your envelope. You have either a nut or a bolt, and then you have to go and find the person that connects with that. So you're having to interact with these people in that, that group to find that other person. And I love that concept. So I just decided mm-hmm. to name my group after that. That's that's great. So I think we have a caller. Is that right? Yes, we do. Uh, go ahead. Area code 301. What's your name where are you calling from? Uh, Nicole. I'm actually calling from Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Welcome Nicole. to the show. Hi. I'm new to this whole support from other positive people. I uh I had a lot of support back home from the non positive side, but I'm trying to branch out a little bit more into the positive community and to get my my uh voice heard and uh not only on the positive side but the non positive side as well. And um right. I was wondering if you could give me some advice as to how to get started into public activities and um, to join some advocacy groups because it's I'm finding it a challenge to find something worthwhile to get myself um, started in. Are there any um, ASOs or aid service organizations um, around you? I, you know, I I don't really have anybody's hand to hold out here to, to show me the way on that. Um, I'm kind of floundering by myself, and I'm I'm very inspired by Anthony's story and also by Robert and the things that you guys have been doing for the community at large, and I'd, I'd like to have a bigger part in it. So um, um, if there's anybody what, out what, there in this in this area that knows of something that I can What part of Maryland get, are you from? Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah, she said that, that already. What's that? Is that near Laurel? Um, It's about 25, 30 minutes from Laurel. Because okay, I have a friend who lives in Laurel, Justin B. Smith. If you look him up, Justin's HIV journal. He lives in that area. He may be able to help um, connect with you with local organizations there. Um, Jeremy, do you have any kind of recommendation of somebody? In Baltimore? Yeah. Uh, I was thinking Pause.com has a lot of listings of different um, groups and organizations all over the country that might be an outlet as well. That's yeah, what I would look into all of that. Yeah, there's also um, – you're on pause I am too, right, Nicole? 
Absolutely. Yeah, there's um, a Maryland group there. There may be some members in there. I'm not sure. Okay. I will definitely look all of that up, and I uh, I appreciate your input, and um, I just want to say I think it's really courageous what you guys are doing, and um, you might not see the big picture, but what you're doing is helpful to so many more than you could imagine. Thank you, Nicole. Oh, thank you. Nicole. Nicole. <laughs> Thanks, Ken. Um, let me, yes. Um, Send me, send me an email, A-E-J-T-Y-T-E-R-243 at gmail.com, um, and I will do some research and see if I can get some of that information to you as well. I would appreciate any help you guys give. Thank uh-huh. you. No problem. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Then we have another caller, so let's go ahead and make sure that caller is calling. Area code 865. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, it's Cowboy Larry from Knoxville, Tennessee. Hey, Larry, how are you? Hey, I just wanted to say that Anthony has always been just an amazing advocate, and his passion just for advocacy has just always been amazing. And after hearing his story tonight just really blew me away. Uh, It just amazes me how he just, his drive is just amazing, and his passion is just incredible. That's very sweet. Thank you, You already made me cry. (laughs) (laughs) I read that in the chat room. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Sam. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you. I appreciate that. Actually, Larry will be up at the end of this month coming on and speaking about um, HIV and aging, so that'll be a great show. You're going to want to tune in later. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what... What direction are you headed in now? Like, what events do you have coming up? Because I know you have a lot. Um, you know, you, you've talked about the, the potlucks. Do you have anything coming up in the upcoming months that you have planned that you can talk about? Um, well, actually, right at the moment, I'm still working on, I'm, I, I am the co-creator of the HIV support and social support calendar. I want to talk a little bit about that if I can. Yeah, um, of course. Tell us about that. Yeah, the HIV social support calendar. I, when I first created my group, I started connecting with other groups online in Miami and this area and in West Palm Beach. And I used to live in West Palm Beach. So I know some groups there. And I, I, I had a hard time finding the support I needed. That's one of the main reasons I created the bolt was because I needed the support too. But I decided I needed to do something to make it more accessible to the people in the community. So I contacted these other um, organizers and facilitators and said, well, let's do something. So we started this calendar. And now I have... Um, a network of HIV and social support organizers that are working on this calendar together. <clears throat> and it lists oh, wow. the social and support services or groups from West Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, um, with the contact information, what the group is, um, if there's anything involved in it, um, the contact person, their number and location, and a map to it. Um, because that's the main thing we're saying with support. You have to have that support. You cannot go through life without some type of support, and I want to make sure it's accessible. I cannot give it to them. I cannot physically do it for them, but I can make it accessible. So um, right now, we're in the process of getting palm cards together. We have it located on the Pride Center website, but I want to eventually get a um, designated or uh, website specifically for that. Uh, I can, it will go straight to the calendar. So if you went in and put in like www.thecalendar.com, it will go straight to the support calendar. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool, but that'll be just for Florida? Well, right now it's just for South Florida. Um, Is it something you're thinking of expanding? Uh, yeah, and actually I, I, I have I have contact with other um, other social support groups that are not HIV or not um, gay and pride specific and that they want to do some as well. And I, I told them once I get this up and running, I want to focus on that as well. Um, I know there's there's not many lesbian groups, so we need that in the community. Because there are lesbians, too, that are positive. They are out there. <laughs> um, we also need right. trans- transgender groups. There's no transgender group for people that are positive. And there's a lot of transgender in the area. Um, but also, I've been focusing on trying to get a deaf community, um, get a group together for the deaf community. So I would like to branch out on that area, too. That would be awesome. No, because they, you know, everybody needs a certain support group, and and I think it's important. And I know that we have down here in Philly, there is a, an organization called uh, the Manzoni Center, and I believe they have a transgender support group 
for people with HIV, and then they also have, um, you know, a, a gay men's HIV support group, which is always good to have that diversity because not everybody's comfortable, you know, with everyone exactly. coming in. So I, I watched, uh, first, congratulations on the two-year anniversary with Bolt. I just, um, you know, was looking over your videos and everything, and one of the things that you mentioned is you started everything, this Bolt, you, you created Bolt because you didn't have support, and which is kind of, kind of reminded me of, you know, why I created Pause I Am was because I had no support, and I needed that, right. you know what I mean? And, and it's just kind of, it's, it's cool to sit back and watch happen, like you said, how you go and you just yeah. organize it and then it happens. And having right. that right. moment, you know what I mean? Like, it, it just, it's, it's a pretty awesome feeling. I think it's really cool that, you know, it, you kind of, it sounds like we kind of come from the same story almost. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool, I think. Um, what, what, also, tell me about the ADAP, because I know you're very involved in ADAP. Um, down in Florida, yeah, there's a big going on down there. So tell us about the, what's going on with all that, because people, a lot of people um, don't even know that there are ADAP waiting lists. So, I mean, yeah. I was explaining this to my aunt on the phone, and she didn't even know, she lives in Florida and didn't even know that there was a waiting list down there. So inform well, people well, a little bit about what that is. Our senator didn't even know <clears throat> what ADAP was. You know, when he was confronted with it, he, he said, what was what is ADAP? This is the purpose of the state. Okay, that's, that's a little confusing for me. But I, I was invited to attend South Florida AIDS Network um, meetings, which right. is open to anyone that is visually positive. But it also has a service organizations, volunteer organizations, community leaders, um, advocates, different people that come together to discuss the issues that, um, that revolve around HIV in this area. And as time is progressing, you see it's, the situation is getting worse, worse, and worse, and worse. There's more people becoming positive, that means there's more people needing medication, there's more people that are losing jobs because of the economy, so there was an insurance that need ADAP, and of course ADAP's not available. So it's just getting worse and worse. And my thing is, I don't know numbers, I, I'm not very analytical, so if you ask me numbers, I can't give you details, but I can tell you how I feel, and that's what it shows in my videos, <laughs> sometimes right. a little bit expressive, um, but I, I say it how it is. You know, I it, Right now we have, I think it's 6,338 people in the state of Florida that are on ADAP, you know, 675 here in Broward County. And that's up from 120 less than a, than a year ago here in Broward County. So, And, and people don't also don't realize that when you go on the ADAP waiting list, you're not going on, on the end of the 675 here in Broward. You're going at the end of the 6,338. And it's first come, first serve. So if you're the last in that list, guess what? You're out of luck. That means you're going to have to go searching and have to go through these, these patient assistance programs or other avenues which are going to exhaust themselves. You know, and we have a governor that has cut, cut the funding completely for these services in this county or in the state, actually. So, you know, that's what the, the big fight is now is dealing with this governor that wants to uh, cut us short. So what I'm doing, like what I'm doing by going to these meetings, is I'm, I'm empowering myself. But by posting this information, I want to empower other people. I want people to see what's going on. I want them to get that fire in the belly. I want them to get the fire under their asses and get up and say, "Enough, enough. It's time. It's time to fight. You know, we need to fight it. We can't sit back and let it happen. We need to fight it." Now, when you say fight it, do you mean, like, go to... I don't, you, I don't, I don't mean beat the shit out of the guy, excuse my, my language. I don't mean beat the crap out of, of the guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> that might be a thought. Right. Um, you know, I'm saying is, you know, pick it. Rally. You know, don't wait for a rally. We have a rally coming up 2012, in July of 2012, on Washington, I guess there's March, um, by AHF. Right? Hello? Hello? Yeah. Yep. Hello. Hello. Did we lose him? Hello. Anthony. I don't know where he is, so we will take a quick break, and Anthony will give us a call back. Um, we'll be right back in thirty seconds. Maybe. All right. I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good, but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But 
through it all, I found self-love, and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to age, but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than age. And for more information on that, you can go to greaterthan.org. Anthony, are you with us? Sorry about that. I don't know if I hung up on you or you hung up on me or what. Uh, no, it's cool. We got you. We took a little intermission <laughs> anyway. Uh, we actually are almost down to the last 20 minutes. If anyone would like to call in or have a question or a comment, you can post it either um, on the chat room on Pause I Am or on the Pause I Am radio show, or you can call us at 347-215-9442. Um, so I, I don't know exactly where again? you were before you got disconnected, Anthony. What what, what was that number again? Three four seven two one five nine four four two. All right, thank you. I just like hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you were talking about the eight apps again. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, my thing is, you know, we're we're blogging a lot about, it, we're we're talking a lot about it, we're posting these this information, which is fantastic, and that's a start. Verbalizing is a start. Talking about it is a start. But we need action. There's a rally coming up 2012, in our March, I'm sorry, 2012, sponsored by AHF. It's not really being advertised on the why. I just posted it on my um, Facebook page. But I would like we need to, to start doing Yeah, send me information on that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, actually, if you go to the AHF website, you can click right on rally or on March. I'm sorry, on the March. And you can see all the information there too. Um, but I will okay. send it to you. Um, but you know, it doesn't have to go. You don't have to go that far. I mean, start at home. You know, make signs, make flyers, um, go out talk to people in the community. Go talk to your mayor, talk to your senators. You know, get find that support in the community. Um, I make I have a list of phone numbers for South or for Florida um, in my favorites, so I can send emails and I can call whenever I need to for the senator, for the governors, for the mayors, all of those people, because I want the, I want the accessibility. I, I didn't have a voice for a long time, and now I have a voice and I'm using it. But it also means you have these rallies that are happening on a regular basis. I don't see anybody there. I don't see people there. We need people in the seats. When you have these meetings, like the software aid network meeting, we need the people in the seats. The agencies are great. The advocates are great, but we need the consumers, the people that are being affected in those seats, finding out information and acting. So. so if somebody is not comfortable with going to a rally or, or uh-huh. something else, is there another way that they can like show their support and provide action? Maybe do you have um, any way that they can donate time or money? Um, they can. But the best thing to do is if you're good at writing, write your senator. Write, write the president, write whomever is, is in charge. Let them know that you're not going that that it's unacceptable for them to make all these budget cuts, especially to um, HIV aid services. Um, I can say yes, yeah, volunteering. They can volunteer with different agencies um, that are are working with it. I know HF is, but I know you know um, Southport AIDS Network comes to the meetings. You can have um, there's other agencies there. Wherever in your community you can find an agency or an organization to work with. You know, if you're not comfortable with that, blog. Start blogging. Best thing to do is get it in people's faces. There's enough of us on Facebook. If each one of us was blogging, how many people are going to end up hearing that? Mm-hmm. You know, that's where that's the best start. You know. So, what is? I mean, we're coming up to the last 15 minutes of the show, and uh, and. I want to know what's next for Anthony. What what's next for you? You you are doing some uh, uh, from where you've been and what you're doing mm-hmm. now. What what do you see happening in the next five years? Well, it, I mean, I'm working on my on getting my degree. I didn't do that when I was younger, and it was an opportunity that I didn't that I thought was passed. I promised myself I would earn my degree. Um, that was on my quote unquote bucket list. But that degree is also to help me uh, further what I'm doing in the community. I don't know where I'm going to be from five years from now. I hope that I'll be doing exactly what I'm doing, but in better, um, in a better way, in a different way. Um, there's different groups and different agencies I want to do some um, collaborative stuff with. So I would love to see Bolt maybe eventually becoming its own not-for-profit. I'm not sure at this time. Mm-hmm. No, we'll see what happens in a few years. But uh, 
I would love to see myself with millions and millions of people up in Washington up in their faces telling people, no, we're not going to deal with this shit anymore. So hopefully within the next few years, I'll, I'll see my face out there. Great. So are you, So are you? I mean, because, you know, there's different sides of the coin and people look at the ADAP issue different ways. Do you think sure. that we should only be rallying at Washington or should we also be rallying no. out no. in front of, our, you know, we should be uh, we should be out in our federal buildings in our local local cities. Um, we should be out in the center. I, I think we should be sitting outside our senators' houses, sitting right there at the houses. So we, when they wake up in the morning to have their breakfast, they see our faces. When they go to bed at night, they see our faces. You know, and I don't mean just our faces, wear red shirts, wear the faces of the people that have passed away because of, of not having their medications or because of the illness on a shirt. So they see it: men, women, children you know, of different races, of different sexes, of different sizes. You know, I want them to see that this is the face of the people that you're you're killing because you're not supporting us and not giving us the medications we need or the services. All right, I'm, I'm checking out so, some uh, comments in here. Go ahead. Yeah, so so I'm, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate for a minute. Sure. Um, because I, I can tell you we've got a couple of state senators here in North Carolina who think that people with HIV don't need assistance because it's their own damn faults and they deserve what they get. How do you how do you respond to that? I had one person, I went to a rally downtown that was actually, it was a teacher's rally um, about budget cuts for teachers, but I, I wore a big red sign, said stop AIDS. Um, and I crossed in front of a lady who started yelling something about, you know, oh, why should we have to pay for your fucking care? Well, excuse me, you're not paying for my care. I said, you're paying for your children's care. I said, what happens if your children get infected? My kids won't get infected. They know better. I said, oh, really? Not, not from what I can tell because you're not talking about it. I said, the issue is not us. You, you're talking about not, not covering the cost of services for not just me, not just from, for my friends, but for your own family. You know, this is a every person's disease. It's not my. It it, it infects. The, it doesn't just infect one person. It doesn't affect one person. It affects everyone. You know. Mm-hmm. So I tell them that straight out. You know, I I hope that this never happens to you, but odds are it's going to happen to you or someone you know. Mm-hmm. Would you want someone you know, someone you love, to die because they didn't have the medications they needed? So right. Yep. I, I can get I get I get very frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I understand that some of the comments in the chat room are saying, you know, shouldn't we also somehow point the finger to the pharmaceutical companies who are, you know, creating the prices for these medications that we cannot afford? Yes, I agree. Yes. Yes. They they you know what I mean? Where some people will pick it out in front of a pharmaceutical company and not pick it on Washington, say. You know, because well, there's, there's different ways that people view it. There's usually not right. an in there, there, there's the pharmaceuticals have have the the the, the control of of the um, I just had a thought I just lost it have the control of the medication because once if they have the medication they, and and the their time runs out that they can they can no longer um, hold it they change the formulary and then they have another seven years so they constantly have the the the, the, the rights to sell it for whatever they want the patent my thought is yeah the patent thank you um. I think what this should be is once they have a patent, they can't they can't extend it, meaning that they can't just change the drug and have another patent. I think if it, it's seven years, it's seven years. They've made their money, now let's make generic. You know, you want to make your money. I understand your business. You want to make your money. But not at the cost of individual, not at the cost of life. Right. I'm sorry, but my life is worth more than a dollar, and I hope everyone else's life is too. So. No, that makes total sense. Now, how do you deal with... Um, Basically, how would you deal with giving advice to somebody who is newly diagnosed? That's kind of one of the questions we always uh, seem to ask. Now, what advice would you give to somebody who just got diagnosed today? That not to act on their first impulse because your first impulse is wrong. Um, yes, it's frightening. It's scary. I've been there. I understand. Um, but it's not the end of the world. Things things will change, but you would be amazed how, how wonderful they can be. Um, in fact, I have someone that um, just recently diagnosed positive cancer, called me first time, and and I spoke with him about it. 
And I told him, you know, yeah, sure, positive, but how is that going to make you different? It's not going to make you any different than you are now. All it all means is that you're going to have to take medication, so I have to take go to the doctor, so I have to pay a little more attention to your your health. But it's not you're not any different than you were before you, you tested positive. So, all right. No. I think that's great. I think it's great, um, you know, to, to say that to people. Now, how do you deal with um, uh, disclosure? Because a lot of people always have issues with disclosing. It's probably the, the biggest uh, topic that people talk about or call into the show about is, you know, when and, and how to disclose. How would you uh, recommend, you know, somebody who is, is maybe positive for a little while and now is starting to date again and now maybe, you know, is, is hesitating because they have to disclose? Right. Well, I mean, disclosure is a very personal thing for each person. Um, I'm very open, obviously, with my staff. I've been for many, many years. But um, for people, are, there's no specific way of, of, of disclosing to someone. It's a, according to your comfort zone. However, I would ask, I would suggest to the person that before you, again, before you act on an impulse, if you're sexually attracted to someone, wonderful, have the conversation. You know, have that conversation. Just realize that that, that person um, has a right too. So, it, you know, it, it has to be a mutual thing. However, I hope too that the negative person was asking. Because that's the big issue right. too. If the negative person is asking the positive, asking people out there. That's also why a lot of the community are getting infected is because they're not asking questions. So, why do you think they don't ask questions? Fear. Fear. Yeah, they 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 actually I think it's fair because they see um, there's still that issue with um, uh, this discrimination in the community to HIV positive individuals, um, and I think they're afraid that they're going to be discriminated against or disowned or criticized because they become positive themselves. So rather than ask, rather than worry about, it, they're just not going to. You know, I also have people that I know that that sleep around with um, HIV positive individuals because if they have a and they, uh, undetectable viral load, they think that they're safe. Mm. And I've had people want to sleep with me because I have an undetectable viral load and they think I'm safe. And they want to be, um, they want to have unprotected sex. And I tell them straight up, no, it's not going to happen. Well, you're you're, un, you're undetectable, you're safe. I said, but there's not a guarantee on that, is there? There's no guarantee. Right. So, but my thing is, you know, conversation. It starts with conversation. Yeah, so we important. are, yeah, I, it, it, you know what, the conversation is always important. It's always hardest to um, to uh, initiate, right? When do you say it? When do you bring it up? When, You know, when is the moment? Is it when you buy the first beer or is it when you're both walking to your apartment? When do you say it, right? When right. when does it come up? Right. For me, so when, when I was out dating, because I don't really go to the bars anymore, but when I was going out dating, if I was interested in someone when I met them at the bar, I straight out told them at that time. Mm-hmm. Part of it was because I didn't want to have to deal with the aftermath. Right. I didn't want to have to deal with getting the person home, getting all into it, and then saying, by the way, and then have to okay. deal with it then. I'd rather just get it out of the way and be done with it. And then if the person still wants to spend time with me, that's great. But if not, oh, well, that's fine, too. Whatever. Yeah. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. wow. Gosh, we're, we're down to our last, what are we down to, our last seven minutes or so? Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy smokes. So, um, Anthony, mm-hmm. in in what would be the first, what would be the, the piece of advice that you would give to a very newly diagnosed person who comes up to you and says, what do I do now? What what do you say to them? The first thing you need to do is just sit down with me and talk. Um, and then I... You know, I suggest that they find um, a doctor if they don't have a doctor, and then find a support group. Find a place that they're they're comfortable. If they have family or friends that are supportive, you know, mm-hmm. talk to them. You know, start building up that support. You know, one of the things yeah. I do is I refer people to this this house project because they offer that, um, especially for the newly diagnosed. That's awesome, Andy. What is your website so we can um, put in the uh, chat room so people can uh, go ahead and check out everything that you're doing? Or do you want people to contact you on Twitter, Facebook? Where you tell us where you're well, at, you can, and where they can find you. 
there's a couple of places. One is the Bolt website, which is just bolt-ftlauderdale.name.com. That's N-I-G.com. Or Twitter, www.twitter.com slash boltpoz. Or, of course, my YouTube videos are on YouTube backslash um, boltpoz. Or you can email me at A-E-J-T-Y-G-E-R-243 at gmail.com. Or, yes, you can check me out on Facebook. Um, I'm actually on Facebook as A-E-J-T-Y-G-E-R-143. Or Anthony Johnson Scott here. There we have it. All right, well, Anthony, thank you so much for sitting in and, and sharing your story with us and telling us about all the amazing stuff you're doing. I, I look forward thank to, you, you know, watching it all grow I, and, I, and become bigger. Yes, I appreciate it. I look forward to you on the next year and hopefully in the next 10 years. <laughs> Here, I'll be able to come to go to that. I want to come to a spaghetti dinner. <laughs> well, tell me when you're coming. I'll, I'll make sure I cook it myself. <laughs> you are. If we have to go down there... <laughs> If we have to go down there again for another uh, summit, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to set something up and at least, you know, right. be able to. Yeah, I'm sure you'll have one of those events when we go down there. But anyway, oh, you have a great night. Thank you for for you hanging too. out with us for the hour and and sharing everything you have. Thank you, Robert. All right. Thank Bye. you. Have a good night. So one of the things I did want to talk about was some upcoming guests that we have, um, Jeremy. Yeah. You made it. What? You made it. You didn't I fall asleep. Fly. No, Anthony was awesome. I was afraid I was going to fall asleep on you no, because you can get kind of boring. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> anyway, um, next Sunday, April 10th, we're going to be speaking with Kathy Robinson Pickett, who um, runs a podcast called Straight Talk with Kathy. And she is going to come on and talk about her personal story and her podcast and all the great things that she does. Um, which is very exciting. I uh, met her first on Twitter and then at the summit um, in Fort Walton Beach, the Positive Living Conference, and she's a fabulous lady. And then on the 17th, we're going to have um, Justin B. Smith from Justin's HIV Journal. He's going to come on and speak about uh, the new book that he has, a children's book out called I Have a Secret. So that's kind of exciting um, that he's going to come on and talk about his book about, you know, a kid book, a kid who has, you know, HIV and is going through, I guess, struggles of, of telling people and, and how it feels to be a young person with HIV. Um, so, you know, it's it's very different. It's very different. So good for him for that book. I'm excited for him. That That's that's, that's big. That, that is a big, that's a big, big thing, you know, to write a kid's book and to present a very heavy subject to kids. I, I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's very, it's very hard because a lot of people find it taboo to talk to their kids about it. You know, oh, yeah, absolutely. At certain ages. So I think this yep. will be very, very interesting. And then yep. finally, at the end of the month, we're going to have uh, the fabulous uh, Cowboy Larry on. Larry Who? Crimson. He's going to come on and talk about HIV and aging. And, um, Who? That's going to be awesome. He did a little, uh, huh? Who was that? Who are you having on? Cowboy Larry. I know, but you almost like hiccup there. You're like, uh, oh, uh, um. Nice. Did I? Yeah, nice. It's okay, Larry. Well, I still love you. I, I will never forget who you are. I do, You know what it is? I was trying not to cough because I'm still sick. But anyway, yeah, sure. Uh, sure. Wonderful Larry will be with us on the 20th. Um, and then also I want to uh, direct people to this uh, new website. Well, not new website, but a new campaign that's going on where you can create your own campaign poster. Um, if you go to www.myaidscampaign.org, um, it is it is awesome. You go and you submit a photo, and you can actually create your own, whether you're HIV positive, and it could be a My HIV uh, campaign. It would, could be My Voice campaign, My Partner campaign. And you can create your own photo, and they send you, uh, a P, you know, the photo with your photo in there of the poster with your own campaign and your own words, and it's really, really cool. Go check it out again, myaidscampaign.org. Um, it's really cool, this guy, uh, Anthony Lonsett. It's awesome. So other well, than that, cool. I... You know, I thought it was a great show tonight, and I think Anthony is amazing. And I'm uh, excited. We had a whole bunch of people hanging out with us. Yeah, it was, it was great. Oh, one more thing before we stop. This Saturday, April 9th, is yeah. the House of Mercy, um, which is an AIDS hospice. It is their 20th annual AIDS walk down in um, downtown Belmont, North Carolina. Paws I Am is a proud sponsor, and um, I'm going to be down there representing, so... 
Holla, holla. I want to see photos. <laughs> holla, holla. <laughs> Jeremy, you have yourself a great night. You guys can you find too. Um, more information on Jeremy at PositivelySpeaking.com. That's Positively with a Z. And more information on the show and upcoming guests at POSIM.com. Have a great night, Jeremy. Enjoy your sleep. Yes, I'm going to bed because I'm, I'm crashing. <laughs> yes, have a great night and thank Thanks you. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Good night.